good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to anybody who is listening to the Bounce Podcast right now. This is the Bounce Podcast Season 3, Episode 96, and you are listening to the one and only Jabari Anderson, as always, you know. <laughs> and I got co-hosts in the building, and we are back once again, and she is back, and her name is L'Oreal. L'Oreal, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jabari. It's amazing to be back. We have a jam-packed episode. Thank you to everyone who's been supporting us these past couple of years. And I'm excited to keep it going and keep talking about what's going on in the sports. We took an unexpected hiatus, but we are back once again. And football is right around the corner. It's officially football season, high school, college, and now the NFL is right around the corner. So let's go ahead and get started. So um, last year, we, you know, we usually would do our questions as far as with each division, each conference, as far as, you know, we always had different questions as far as who we thought had a breakout, breakout season, who had the most proof, who was most likely to miss the playoffs, um, could we see a new division in each, in, you know, either division. So I wanted to go something different as far as this year, and I'm going to go from each division, each conference on the standings, who you believe, which team would be from last to first. So we're going to start with the AFC and the NFC East. So let's go ahead and start right here for the AFC East. L'Oreal, you're going to go first. Who are the teams? Well, who is the team that would be from last? And who would be the team that would be at first place? Last to worst. Let's get it. Last is going to be the New England Patriots. Then the Miami Dolphins. Second, the New York Jets. And first, the Buffalo Bills. Okay. All right. For me, I have the New England Patriots. I got the New York Jets at third, the Miami Dolphins at second, and the Buffalo Bills in first place. They will win the division. But I do find this interesting. Why do you believe, why all of a sudden you change it, you switch it to the Miami Dolphins at third and not and the New York Jets at second? I'm, I'm kind of curious on that. I'm having concerns about to his health and I think it really makes a big deal with the Dolphins going forward um and of course there's the Jalen Ramsey injury which I think he'll be fine he'll come back and the defense will be okay yeah and he'll the defense will be okay but Tua is really the anchor of the Dolphins so when you see how his health has been going I'm optimistic about his health getting better but I think that that's still a lingering impact in the in Miami being above the Jets. And I really like this Jets offense. I think making that trade to get Aaron Rodgers is going to help them out in the long run. You have a nice young defense ran by Quentin Williams and Sauce Gardner. I think the weapons were Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Brees Hall. And I think given if this team is going to be healthy, I can see the Jets really being good. Like, I don't think it's them having too much hype. I think when you see how the team is constructed, it makes sense and only time will tell if they could win a Super Bowl or get to the AFC Championship game. But I do believe that they can make some moves this season. Wait, wait, you don't think it's too much hype. They're called the New York Jets, right? When, 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 when is it never too much hype? I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that situation. I'm, I'm amazed. You know what, to be honest with you, I mean, I understand about the whole health part, but here's my thing. To me, I mean, I'll be honest, right? If two is healthy, if two is healthy, they could win the division. To be honest with you, they could win. They could win. The, they could win the division. Like I'm talking about, they could be elite. And but the problem that I have with the Dolphins now, I understand your point 
which is why I'm kind of, you know, contemplated if I, if I believe they're going to make it to playoffs or not. Here's my thing about the Dolphins, which I still believe they'll be in second place. They still have Tyreek Hill. They still have Jalen Rattle. They have Raheem. They still have a good O-line, good offense. The offense there, even though the, the defense is inconsistent, they are good in warm weather, and then they're kind of, you know, nay or nay, hey, like yay or nay when it comes to cold weather. I mean, they have issues right there. I still believe that they could they could still have a chance of getting to play. Now, like I said, I'm still contemplating. But like I said, it's all about the, the health of the quarterback. Like I said, if Tua can stay healthy, oh, they're going to be just fine. I'll, I'll be honest with you right now. But, you know, we'll, we'll just see how it goes from there. So let's just let's move on to the NFC East real quick. So for the NFC East, what are your standards right there from last to first? From last NFC East, I have the Washington Commanders, then the New York Giants, second, the Dallas Cowboys, and first, the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty much the same thing. I got the commanders. Uh, sorry, Eric. Eric beating me. I mean, I wish. I think the I, now here's one thing. I think the commanders' offense will be better, even though you know we'll see how the quarterback. We'll see how Sam Howell goes. But I do believe that they will win. They'll probably make they maybe win more than they did last year. But I don't know if I'm just looking as far as the talent goes. I don't know if they have enough to at least get to the playoffs or even surpass the Giants or definitely even the Cowboys. I don't see that happening. But, you know, but unfortunately, I just don't think they're enough. So I, I haven't last. Giants will be third. I, you know, the Giants, are like, although, you know, we, they're, you know, they're nay, they're yay or nay when it comes to that, you know, that wide receiver core. I still have issues with that. And we, we all know what's going on with Saquon Barkley and whatnot. I mean, he's, he's still there. I believe that Giants will be okay. Obviously, the Cowboys are second and the, and the Eagles are first. I mean, that was pretty much obvious. But I want to go to this part right here. I want to go to the to our big questions right here for the AFC East and the AFC and not the AFC AFC East and the NFC East real quick. So let's start with the AFC. Let's go back to the AFC East real quick. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, as you know, you know, obviously last year was a disappointment. They lost in the AFC divisional round against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in Buffalo in, in their home field on their home field, I should say. So I just want to get you straight about their championship window because, you know, because, you know, I don't think they have enough time. But let's go ahead and ask this question. Is the Buffalo Bills championship window closed or closing? It's closing because I still think when you look at who they have with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the offense, the defense, they just need to get over the hump. And they're one of those teams where they reach their peak. You know, they made the AFC championship game a couple of years ago, and then they haven't done a lot ever since then. And I think this year is more important than ever for them to get past that peak, because if they don't get past that peak, it's going to be very hard for them to try to make a comeback to the AFC championship game, because the Cincinnati Bengals have taken that over a couple of times. You have the Baltimore Ravens rising up. You have a lot of teams that can legitimately, you know, take the Buffalo Bills spot. So I think a lot of pressure is on them this season, especially Josh Allen, especially on the duo between him and Stefan Diggs, the health, making sure everything is strong on both sides, even the coach. You know, I think anything can happen within the next couple of years if the Bills do not do anything to make sure that that championship window can be closed very soon. I will say that their championship window is I mean, look, you you know how I feel about the Buffalo Bills. You know how I feel about your boy Josh Allen. You know the the guy who starts with a J. You know how I feel about him. 
To be fair, I would say that say that their championship window is closing. And the only reason why is because they have the team that is capable of reaching the Super Bowl. Now, are they? That's a different big that's a different question. And I think we could agree this is Super Bowl or bust. We could agree, at least for the season, the expectations, they should at least get to the Super Bowl. Okay, it's like this upcoming season, it should not be, oh well. They, they, if they get to the AFC Championship game like they did three seasons ago, then and it, then it's a success. I can't go that far to say that it's a success, I because you already did what you did, you know, the, in like what two three years ago, you know, uh, the last year or so, you guys were in the AFC, you know, AFC divisional round against the Chiefs, and you guys went to overtime. You lost, but people gave you props the way how you play. And then last season we saw what happened there, disappointing. And I know that it was snowing, but at the same time. If there's anybody who you would have thought that would handle those conditions, especially when it's snowing, it would be the Buffalo Bills because wasn't the weather crazy around that time? I'm just saying. So for Josh Allen, who is a top five quarterback, you still have a top five, at least top 10 defense. And uh, according to the to the stats, to the numbers, they were uh, the best scoring team. Do I believe that? I mean, that was the, that was true, right? So yeah, like I said, that that is true, and I know that Von Miller he's gonna miss you know the first four games due to you know recovering his uh, ACL. But I would say this right now, it's closing, but uh, they better they better find a way how to get there because I believe that you know according to Vegas, Vegas says they have them at least the third third at least third to win the championship, but they are behind the Chiefs and the Eagles. So we'll see what happens right there, but um. But I'm just gonna. But I'm just gonna let you be known. You know, you know I'm gonna say if the Bills don't make a Super Bowl. You know, you know what I'm gonna say, Loyal. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. So, so you just you better be on the lookout. For... <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. So let's go back. Let's go to the NFC East uh, for this question right here. We have spoke about the Cowboys so much. We so like we 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 look. Y'all know how I feel about the Cowboys. You know how I feel about the Cowboys. They are. Uh, according to the num- according to money wise, they are the most valuable team in the world. In the world, okay, they are an eight billion dollar plus organization, an eight billion dollar team, and we talk about the Dallas Cowboys here. Yet they haven't been to the NFC Championship game since the nineteen ninety five season. To be very clear, they ha- the last time they have been to the NFC Championship game, or let, 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 let's start with the NFC Championship game. The last time they, the last time they were there was January 14th, 1996. I was two years old around that time, by the way. I just want to let you know. I was two years old. wasn't even three yet. And L'Oreal, you weren't even born yet, were you? No, I was not. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. In the last 27 years, we keep talking about this Cowboys team being this elite team and being title contenders, yet they haven't been to, to the NFC Championship game since then. But but this is not about this just the Cowboys. This is about Dead Prescott. So L'Oreal, I want to ask you this question right here. He has one guaranteed year left on his contract, and that's that's obviously after next season. If the Cowboys don't at least get to the NFC Championship game, should they officially, should the Cowboys officially move on from that Prescott? They should move on from that Prescott because just like the Buffalo Bills, there's um, a thing for Dallas where that window is pretty much going to be closing or closed. And we know as long as Jerry Jones is going to be the owner of the Cowboys, he wants to fulfill his dream of having a championship team. And I think if Dad Prescott cannot get you to the NFC championship game, you had to let him go. 
He has been in the league for too long, I think, where we're giving him excuses. You know, like, it's to the point where people are like, oh, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts don't, you know, get as much scrutiny as that Prescott does. That Prescott hasn't won an MEP. That Prescott hasn't even won as much playoff games as a Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson has won. So, yeah, we're not going to talk about him very lightly like we do with the other quarterbacks. And it's not even about that. It's the whole point that as long as this man has been here, he has to win. He at least get them to the championship game. He has to. This team on paper is too talented. Your defense with a Michael Parsons is going to be great for the future. That's the one thing the Cowboys been wanting to fix. They did that. So now you have to do what you have to do. And it's just at a certain point where I don't think you can keep Dak for as long as they think they can because that window is going to get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And if there's any time to act, there's a time to act if he if Dak don't get his act together during the season. Well, let me just say this. Okay, listen, it's Jerry Jones. It's the Cowboys. They always keep, they always keep on saying it's championship or bust. But I never think of them as a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I'm just being honest. I never, I don't think of them that way. So when you say uh, about this championship window, I mean, like, like the Bills. I mean, at least the Bills has been to the AFC. They at least been to the conference championship game. Okay, that's a little bit different. The Cowboys, they haven't, but they keep talking about this this championship expectation. I want to bring this up. All right, and Dak Prescott's rookie year, this team was 13 and three. Now last season they were 13 and four. Now he didn't play a lot of games, but you know, well, actually, they weren't 13 and four. Last season, they were 12 and five. Back to back years, they were tw- they were 12 and five. And of course, we understand that he didn't play, he didn't play the full season because obviously Cooper Rusk, you know, came there, helped out a little bit, but you know how it is. But now they have Trey Lance there as well because, because the Cowboys made a trade for Trey Lance, you know, from the 49ers. Now, I will say this though. I do believe that it is now time to move on because you have no excuses. You have, I mean, I, of course, you don't have Amari Cooper, but you still have CeeDee Lamb. You have Michael Gall- Gallup. You have Brandon Cooks. You still have a solid wide receiver core. Um, who else? Oh, yeah. Running back, t- you know, Tony Pollard. You still have him. You still have a good defense. You have arguably the best defensive player in the NFC. And that's, you know, that's Michael Parsons, who I believe that could be. I believe he could be defensive player of the year, if you ask me. When you look at Dead Prescott, he really has no excuse. You have a championship. You have a championship coach in Mark Mike McCarthy, and I know everyone has issues with him, but still, I, I, I talent should not be the issue. Dead Prescott has to take that next level, and the fact that you know you're in a situation where you have to think about Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy G has more playoff wins than Dead Prescott. I mean, Jalen Hurts has more playoff wins than Dead Prescott. And Dylan Hurts barely been 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 in the NFL. You know what? You know you know you know you know what? Brock Purdy has just as much playoff wins as Dead Prescott, and Dead Prescott has been in the league for eight years now. Eight years, eight years now. So I'm just saying that you know we keep on saying every year. I remember we we spoke about this in our last episode back in January. If he can't at least get to the NFC Championship game. It would definitely be time for Jerry Jones to say we gotta move on because they move on from Ezekiel Elliott, who was who was drafted in the first round back in 2016, play alongside with Dad Prescott, for, you know was number four, 
and they decided to move on. They eat up his money right now. They said, "We, you got to go." They did the same thing with with Des Bryant. They did the same thing with Tony Romo. They don't mind moving on, moving on for players. So what makes you think they won't do that? Do the same thing with um with Dad Prescott. So I'm just saying, just be real. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the AFC and the NFC North. So for standings there, let's go ahead, L'Oreal, from last two. First, who you got for the AFC North? Last, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Third. That's tough. The the Cleveland Browns. Second, the Cincinnati Bengals. And first, the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's very tough for me to say the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be in last place, although... Mike Tomlin always finds a way to have a winning season. Like, think about this. He always finds a way to have a winning season. And I understand that, you know, that, and also that was also a time last season when TJ Watt did not play the full year. He did not play the full year and they still find a way to win games. So, I mean, and obviously TJ Watt, you know, he's arguably, or he probably is the best player on that team. He makes a tremendous dif- difference when he's on on that team. I, I got to say, I got to agree with you. I think that they are going to be in last place. Third place, I have the Cleveland Browns. For the uh, second place, I mean, although I think that they just, you know, look, I won't be surprised if anybody say they're in their first place, but in second place, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. And in first place, the one only I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're going to have a tremendous year this season, and I think they're going to be, you know, I think you're, they, they should be on the lookout, especially with Lamar Jackson with newer weapons and he got paid, and he's finally happy. So we'll see what happens in Baltimore. Um, let's go with the NFC North, and then we'll go back to our questions real quick. So who you have in the NFC North from last to worst? I mean, la- last to first. Last, the Chicago Bears. Third, the Green Bay Packers. Second, the Detroit Lions. And first, the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Um, oh, man. Oh, let me start right here. Last place, I got the Chicago Bears. That was the easy part. <laughs> Uh, I really was going back and forth about this. Honestly, third place, I'm going with I'm going with the Lions. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Yep, I am. I know. I'm. We'll talk about it later. Second place, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers, and in first place, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Yep, the Minnesota Vikings will go. Will will, will win the division. Will win the AFC North. So we'll see what happens here. So now that we, now that we have that, let's go ahead and talk about these questions that we have for the AFC North and AFC North as well. Deshaun Watson, obviously, you know, we, you know, he was suspended last season, you know, for the for eleven games that he played the last six games. Was it himself for the Browns? He was three and three. You know, that was that was that was the the exact same record that he had when he played for the Houston Texans in his rookie year. You know, so that's the last time he had a three and three record. But at the same time, he was rusty, and obviously, he had a you know, almost two years when he only he didn't really play that much. So I do want to bring this up about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, we we remember what happened, you know, last year or so with us, you know, with the allegations of him sexually assaulting women about over 20, you know, over 20 women. And then he didn't get, you know, charged, you know, in a criminal case, but he reached a settlement in a civil case and whatnot. You know, it's here and there. And like I said, we don't know if he did it technically we don't know if he did or didn't you know but you know how i feel about that you know with the whole settlement thing i would say this though since we don't know um with all the pressure that all all that backlash that he went through just last year so it's a new season it's a new year how much pressure is on deshaun watson and the cleveland browns this season 
there's definitely pressure for the Cleveland Browns to make it to the postseason. And Deshaun Watson, at this point, he's fresh. He looks, and I'm sure he feels more healthier. It's going to be very intriguing to see him be the quarterback. He already has one of the best running backs in the game, Nick Chubb. I think the offensive weapons like Amari Cooper and um, the tight end, that's going to be really nice to see. Defensively, they always been, you know, here and there, not the best, but not the worst. But this is Cleveland's year, I think, to really at least go to the expectations that that, that they've been wanting to go since they first signed Deshaun Watson. Because this man has a lot of guaranteed money, $300 million. That's a lot of guaranteed money. No, not three hundred million. It was. I mean, you, 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 you went over over eighty million. You, where, where, where you get the eighty million from? You mean, you mean, uh, what's my call? I mean, not eighty million, but you went over seventy million. You know, what I'm saying, uh, what was the call? It was two hundred thirty. That's a lot of guaranteed money. So the Cleveland Browns were willing to take that gamble because they know that with Deshaun Watson, it can take them very far over the next few years. So. This year is one of those starting points where we're going to see how Deshaun Watson plays, how he responds, especially if the Cleveland Browns can make it to the postseason because he's already in a super tough division and you're already in a super tough conference. So I think just because he hasn't played that much football, the the pressure shouldn't be on the Cleveland Browns to go to the Super Bowl or even the AFC Championship game. But if the Cleveland Browns with a new Deshaun Watson – can get to the postseason, then that would be great expectations for the Cleveland Browns. If the pressure is about him reaching the Super Bowl, no, then there, there is no pressure. But to at least get to the playoffs, to be that player that they expect him to be, then I would say, yes, there is pressure on him. Like I said, he signed a five-year, $230 million contract, fully guaranteed, right? You know, and back in 2020, you know, his last full year, he had career highs in passing yards and pass completions, right? But they went four and twelve. Now he has a better team, like you said, Nick Chubb. He he has, you know, Miles Garrett, who is you know who is their best de- defensive player, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, etc. When I look at this team and just look at Deshaun Watson, if he wants to go back and be that elite quarterback that he said he is. Being that, you know, what 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 they call that he's a top five quarterback, because that's what we said back in, you know, a couple of years ago that he was a top five quarterback. If Deshaun Watson can go back as that player, without question, they should be able to make it to the playoffs. And like you said, the AFC North, that's arguably the best division. Like as far that's arguably the best division when you think about it. Because like I said, it's so hard because any team in the AFC North can reach the playoffs. And for Deshaun Watson, like I said beforehand, if he at least wants to quiet the backlash that he got last year or or a situation where people are looking at him saying like, oh, well, should the Browns regret giving him the fully guaranteed money? If he can at least for this season reach the playoffs, then at least quiet down for now. So I think that, listen, I'm expecting Deshaun Watson to quiet some of the doubters and I think, and I think they can make something happen. So to me, um, look, there's it, it there's some pressure, but I was, but not a lot. I should say there is some pressure, and we're going to be on looking on Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. You know, so we'll see. So now let's move on to the NFC North for our question right here. So L'Oreal, where are we from? Detroit, Michigan. You know it. You know it. You got the shirt right now. All right. Yes. So, D- so D- uh, D- 
So, I mean, there's a lot of things I can ask as far as when it comes to the NFC North. I can talk about the Vikings. I can talk about the Bears. I can, you know, about Justin Fields. I can talk about the fact that, you know, what is Jordan Love going to do in Green Bay? But I definitely want to talk about the Lions because I don't know if you saw this, but I was looking at my phone. And it says that the Lions were in the top 10 as far as the favorites to win it all. Did you know that? <laughs> you know that? Did you know that? You know, they are behind the New York Jets, the Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals, 49ers, Bills, Eagles, and the Chiefs. They're ninth. They have that. They have a better, according to Vegas, they have a better chance to reach the Super Bowl than the LA Chargers or the Miami Dolphins. That's what wow. they're basically saying. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, that's a, it's a little bit overboard if you ask me. But anyway, let's go. Let's talk about the Lions. So last year, they were 98. They didn't make it to the playoffs, but they didn't knock someone off to make sure they didn't go to the playoffs, and that was the Green Bay Packers with, with Aaron Rodgers. But but now there are there are expectations for the Lions this season. And obviously, tomorrow, you know, or on Thursday, they go against the reigning champs, Kansas City Chiefs. Now we'll see if you know Travis Kelsey plays. We know for sure Chris Jones ain't playing, but we'll see if Travis Kelsey plays or not or not in Kansas City. All these moves that the Lions have made, will the Lions make it to the playoffs? I think they can make it to the playoffs. And when you really look at how we end up being nine and eight and we won the majority of our games towards the end of the season, Jared Goff played very well. QBR was nice. Percentage was nice. He had really no issues throwing the ball, and the offense was flowing well. Amon Ron St. Brown, I think a lot of people don't talk about him as a wide receiver. The The kid's talented. He's really talented, and he did a great job receiving last season. Um, even though he's gone to New Orleans, Jamal Williams had an amazing season as a running back, and he was breaking records, Barry Sanders' records. So he did phenomenal. But I'm not really sure about the lineup this season. And, you know, because of the gambling situation that happened in the offseason, some people are going to be suspended for long periods of time, like Jameson Williams. He's going to be out for six games. Yeah, what the heck but is that about? I'm, yeah, just foolishness. Mm-hmm. I'm, really curious, I'm really curious to see how this team is going to look. Because Dave Montgomery is the running back now. And I think that's a good pickup for Detroit, but I'm not sure if he's going to make a bigger impact than a Jared Goff or anybody else on the team. The defense, the defense is still suspect. It still has been pretty last. We did see improvements again towards that last half of last season when they was winning all the games. But these are young guys like Sewell and Adrian Hutchinson. So we have to see how they can grow over time. And Dan Campbell. I think Dan Campbell, I, I like the pride that he takes being a coach. And I think you've seen that effort in how the Lions have been playing. And we hope to see more improvements this season. That's all I really wish for is more improvements. Because for us to be 9-8, and eight, I don't think it was some miracle. I think that they got their heads on straight and they were able to play football like they know how to. So if they can do that consistently throughout this season – and make it to the postseason, which they haven't in quite a while, that is going to be a big deal for Detroit. But championship, I'm I'm not really sure about that. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that, well, that cha- well, you could leave that out the way. We should not be talking about championship right right now. So, 
Let me do a little tri trivia question for you. This is some nice NFL trivia for you. So here we go. So let's go with the lines real quick. So since 2000, how many how many seasons did they have a winning record? Take a wild guess. Three. Three? Close enough, but the answer is six. They had six winning oh. seasons. Since mm -hmm. 2000, they had six winning seasons. Now, how many times have they reached the playoffs since 2000? Mm -hmm. This should be easy. This would be easy right here. Since well, you well, come on. You, Once. Well, no, not no, no. It's it's been three times. Three times. Remember 2011, yeah. 2014, yeah. and 2016. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you got one. Did you forget about 2011, 2014? What, what the? <laughs> and then they didn't go five and zero oh in the first five games in 2011. Like wow, how we forget that? <laughs> but no. But anyway, but that's that. That's been the lines for you in the last 23 years. Well, 22 years I say. But 23, 22. Either way. I do not believe the Lions will make it to the playoffs. I understand that I understand what they did. Um, listen, I think that that Jared Goff is a is a decent quarterback. I don't think he's top 10. Um, I don't think he's top 15, but I think he is a serviceable quarterback. I think Brown is good. I think Marvin Jones is is straight. Um, I do like the I do like Adrian. Here's my thing about about the Lions. Like you said, their defense is suspect. And when every single time when I hear these expectations about these lines about they can win the division, they can go to the playoffs. We hear this all the time. And then all of a sudden it comes a disappointment. I think I look the first seven games last year, they were one and six. And then all of a sudden they turn around and won what? Eight. They were eight and two, I believe. Eight and two, right? So did I get the math? Yeah, eight and two. So the problem that I have is that, yes, they did turn it around last season in, the, in their last 10 games. But the problem with the Lions is that they did it at, at a time where, one, you know, I don't think people even expect to, you know, see if they can make it to the playoffs or they teams, you know, to, you know, took their foot off the gas. And besides, at the time, even though they were in the hunt, they weren't in the hunt last season, like even last game. By the time they got eliminated, it was like, you know, like it didn't matter what they did in the last game against the Green Bay Packers because the Seahawks were able to get the final playoff spot. But I will say this. I do get them props for fighting hard last year. And I I always thought that they were going to be there. They were going to be uh, better than they were, you know, you know, a few, you know, two or three years ago. But as far as getting to playoffs, I mean, who do you see them being better? I mean, they'll be better than, than the Bears for sure. Are we sure that we're going to say they're going to be better than the, the Minnesota Vikings? I mean, I don't understand why people think that the Vikings are going to take the step back. I just don't understand that because you It's still not that. I think that when you look at the NFC North, to me, I see Minnesota and Detroit. Green Bay, I think that Jordan Love will have a good season. I think that he's in good hands with coaching, the offense, and the defense. But... I need to see a little bit more before I should start thinking that Green Bay is going to be this team that's bigger than what we expect. What, what don't they have? And in Chicago, it's just a lot of things going on. In Chicago. We not worry about Chicago. Like... Take, take, take. Listen, Justin Fields <laughs> going to do his thing, but we not worry about Chicago. But, <laughs> but my thing is, my thing is that why is everyone sleeping on Jordan Love? I, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not even a Packers fan. Jordan Love, I need to see more. This man is going to play a whole full season. That's a lot of games, okay? Okay. Listen, all these J's that you appreciate, you don't appreciate Jordan Love. You appreciate okay, Josh Allen. Allen. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Hurts has took his team to the Super Bowl. I said, jo- least, I said, Josh, I said, Josh Allen at first, and at least Josh Allen has took his team to the AFC Championship game, and he has won a playoff game. Oh, okay, look, 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 look. look I'm look, just look, saying, hey, Jordan, wait, wait, wait. enough to where you're gonna give him that sure will confidence. I'm not saying they're gonna suck, but I, I don't, I don't expect him. I don't expect them to do as better as Detroit will. I just don't. Well, I, I'm just saying that when it comes to the Lions, I'm just saying when it comes to the Lions, I just think that we need to pump the brakes because I see the story every single time. I come to the city of Detroit every single time, and I see these people keep on having these high expectations, and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. I got a friend that has season tickets to see the Lions play. Season tickets. And I know every single time, he he, he listen, he gets too high and he gets too low. I just know this from him. So I'm just saying that we just need to pump the brakes. Like I said, respect golf. Dan Campbell, look, he all right. He ain't Matt LaFleur. You know, I, mean, I, mean, I, might, I might have Matt LaFleur than, than, Dan, than Dan Campbell. This, that's just me. I'm just saying I got to see a little bit more than to say I believe in the Lions. I got to see it to believe. That's that's just me. That's just me, though. Okay? All right? I know you respect. You like your Lions. I know people are having these high expectations. I might go to a Lions game, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm actually going to go to a Lions game just to see how it goes. Okay? You know what? Hey, my friend who actually works for the Lions organization, give me some tickets because I could go ahead and see the Lions play. You know, hopefully you could give me a discount, by the way. All right? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to take a little break real quick. And right now we're going to head to L'Oreal's 2023 WNBA review. She would talk about, I mean, I believe the regular season is winding down and the players will begin, you know, uh, next week or this weekend or so. We'll see what happens. And I know you have your review coming up and you are going to make some predictions and whatnot. We'll talk a little bit later, but go ahead, L'Oreal. Take it right away. Thank you so much, Jabari. I am so excited to be back for WNBA Review. Thank you to everybody for listening and let's get it started. Like, this post, this season has just been a really great season. I mean, Brittany Griner coming back to the court, seeing her return. We've been seeing a lot of records being broken by a lot of good players when it comes to having the most points in the season, most three-pointers, all of that. And the postseason will be starting next week, next Wednesday, September 13th. And it's getting down to the wire. So there's still some games that's going and not all the teams have clinched the spots. But let's just look at the playoff standings right now. So number one is, of course, the Las Vegas Aces. Second, New York Liberty. Third, Connecticut Sun. Fourth, Dallas Wings. Fifth, Minnesota Lynx. By the way, the Minnesota Lynx, they started the season 0-6, and they now clinch a playoff spot. Just shout out to that team. They've been playing well with the veterans and the rookies. Really great this season. Sixth spot, the Washington Mystics. So those are the only teams that clinch a playoff spot. The two remaining spots left belongs to the Atlanta Dream at 7 and Chicago Sky at 8th. And the LH Sparks, they're right below Chicago Sky right now with the same record. So pretty much within the next week, we're going to see a lot of teams clinch their spots. The Atlanta Dream right now is going against the Seattle Storm. They're going to most likely win that game and clinch their playoff spot. So the last team for me, I'm going to go with the Chicago Sky. I think this season they have really turned it around considering they don't have no Candace Parker and a lot of their other players have left through the free agency, but they still have Khalil Copper. I think Dana Evans, a lot of the young girls, they've been playing very well and I think they're going to get that last playoff spot. 
So if we look at how the playoffs are formatted, you have the first round, the semifinals, and the finals. So if we were to predict hype, you know, basically hypothetically, what would be the standings and all of that, the Aces will go against the Sky in the first round, the Dallas Wings against the Lynx, the Liberty against the Dream, and the Connecticut Sun versus the Mystics. So in the semifinals, I have the Aces beating the Sky. I have the Dallas Wings being the Minnesota Lynx. I have the New York Liberty beating the Atlanta Dream. And I have Connecticut Sun beating the Washington Mystics. And then from there, my finals, I'm going to go with Aces and Liberty. I just think that these two teams, hand down, have been the best teams in the WNBA. We have seen a high level of just elite, you know, play and action when it comes to the starters, when it comes to the bench. And these two two teams, no question, has just been knocking the competition out of the water. So I think they're going to meet in a very much anticipated finals matchup. I think a lot of people from day one of the WNBA season predicted that this was going to be the finals matchup. And I'm going to go with my aces. I think back-to-back champs. And a little bit later when we talk about um, the award predictions, but I just think the aces... They have shown how resilient they are and how you can't really knock anything down, I feel like. When you see Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, how well they play as a, um, a core four is just amazing. And yes, they lost Candace Parker, which I think is huge because Candace Parker is big when it comes to defending the perimeter. And by the way, the Liberty has really good perimeter shooting. So that could be an issue. But I still think that, that this, this team is very well coached by Becky Hammond. And they're just the best team in the league. When you really look at how they go against some of these teams, it's like they're playing around with them because of how elite they are when it comes to defending the paint, shooting the three, making screens. They are just so elite. And I just feel like a lot of people should talk about the Aces, especially if they do win, winning back-to-back as becoming a potential dynasty because we have a core and a coach where this can last for a very long while in the WNBA. And I think we're going to be seeing the Aces a lot more than what we expected. You know, I'd expect them to even go to the finals back in 2020. So to see where they're at right now, they're pretty much on the rise and people need to watch out for that. And by the way, for the finals, the last possible final day is going to be October 20th. So I'll do another recap pretty much um, in September into October before the finals start on who the finals teams will be and the award winners and all that. So let me go to my award predictions. So let's start at Rookie of the Year. I'm going with Aaliyah Boston from Indiana Fever. She has done great this season from South Carolina, by the way. She has done great this season, and she actually leads the league in field goal percentage. She is shooting 58.2% from the field. I mean, just phenomenal, scoring 14.5 points, 8.3 rebounds. She just looked the most WNBA ready out of all the rookies this season. So definitely it goes to Aaliyah for rookie of the year. Most improved player. I'm going to go with Satu Sabali from the Dallas Wings. This is her third year now, and last season she only played six games, and it wasn't what anybody anticipated, especially for the Dallas Wings, who was trying to break out as one of those new teams in the league. So she has improved a lot. She's had a career high in points, average 18.8 points, rebounds, assists. Her minutes has gone up. She's playing 33, pretty much 34 minutes a game. Um, she has career high in steals. She has been the most improved player 
for herself and for her team. And you really see that difference in how Dallas is playing. She plays very well to the tempo, to the transition. She's very well defensively and she can shoot. She is very reliable to this team. And I think that she has had a great enough season to be the most improved player this year. Sixth woman of the year. I'm going to go with DJ Carrington from the Connecticut Sun. She has improved in her third year in her career. She has um, up her minutes up to 17 minutes per game, averaging 18.1 points. And the main thing is the improvements in her shooting. She's shooting 42.3% from the field and 40% from three-point range. That has made a big deal for Connecticut Suns team who needs that perimeter presence. And she definitely bring it to this team. And Connecticut being third right now, clinching that playoff spot is big. And I think a lot of the contributions go to her. So I'm picking her for my sixth woman of the year. All right, coach of the year. I'm going to go with Sammy Brondello from the New York Liberty. Last year, before they got Brianna Stewart, this team was 16 and 20. They now changed their record all the way around to 31 and 7. And you really see the improvements of how Brianna Stewart is there, Courtney Vanderschool, John Quill Jones. The team just flows a lot more better how it's constructed. And you have to get credit for Sandy for working with this group and making sure that the Liberty stays in that conversation, especially from the jump, to be one of those title contender teams. So she's my coach of the year. All right, last big two. Defensive player of the year, Aja Wilson. Um, Straight up, she's been the best defensive player in this league to me. She averages 2.2 blocks. She is a block machine every game. She just kills it offensively in the paint. She's second right now in rebounding, and the first is Alyssa Thomas. So I think defensively, she has turned it up a notch somehow every single season, and more and more you see it. So my defensive player year, I'm going with Aja Wilson. My MVP. This was really tough. Really, really tough. I had to think about this a lot, but... I think Asia Wilson is going to go back-to-back with Defense Player Year and MVP. I'm going to go with her. And I think simply she is she is that girl, and she is the best player in this league. When you see her, you see how much she dedicates being better. You know, she works out constantly a lot, whether it be before games or after games. She's constantly in the gym, so you see from the eye test, just how she improved her strength, improved her speed, just improved her presence as a basketball player. And she is just killing it when it comes to leading everything. She leads the league in win shares, player efficiency, field goals, blocks, like I said, 2.2 blocks per game, defensive rating, defensive win shares, and she's top five in double-doubles, offensive win shares, offensive rating, total points, points per game, and rebounds. She is just really at the top for me. And of course, Brianna Stewart, she's having a career year, as we know she would. And she has made significant contributions to the Liberty. But I feel like Asia Wilson, if you're going to give the MVP, MVP to somebody, give it to somebody who is the elite. And I think she is the elite. Like when we see this finals matchup happening, I think it's going to prove why she deserves the MVP and why I think, you know, people shouldn't think that we're over-exaggerating about her being that good because she's that good. She can defend this good. She can shoot this good. She's really worked on being an all-around player, you know, especially at this point in her career. 
And I think that this is another year where she can go back to back, back to back with the rings and back to back with the MVP and the defensive player of the year. All right. That was L'Oreal's 2023 WNBA review. That was a uh, pretty interesting, by the way. I, like I said beforehand, I, mean, I think we said it before, it's good to see um, Brittany Griner back in the WBA instead of being in Russia, by the way. You know, we, we kept on saying free Brittany Griner last year. Now she's back playing, so that's good for her. And it's unfortunate that Candace Parker is not going to play. You say she's out for the season, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that's very unfortunate. So, you know, hopefully she can... Um, I mean, look, I mean, you know, hopefully she can still support this team, but they're still a good enough team. I mean, look, like shout out to Becky Hammond, by the way, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer, by the way, who is the coach of the Las Vegas Aces. You know, the Aces should be fine. Well, what, you know, you'll, you'll speak about the playoffs, you know, a little bit later. Who's going to, you know, I mean, obviously you you made your predictions, you know, either way. But, you know, you know, I'm gonna, I think the Aces got it for real. So, you know, we'll see what happens later on in the playoffs, which will start soon or, you know, in a few weeks or so. So it is. All right. All right. So let's go back to the NFL real quick. So let's go back and go where our divisions from last to worst. And we're going to go with the AFC and NFC South. So. Let's throw our standings right here. From last to worst, started with the AFC South. Who do you got right there, L'Oreal? Last place, the Indianapolis Colts. Third, the Houston Texans. Second, the Tennessee Titans. And first, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Uh, I think I think we're probably pretty much in the same boat. The Colts, I have them in last place. I mean, sorry. Um, when you don't, I mean, when you barely have anybody who's going to be you know, taking care of their offense, you know, especially when you don't have Jonathan Taylor for who knows how, you know, how, how long he's going to be out. I just don't see the coach doing it, making any moves. The Houston Texans, they were bad last year, but I do believe that they can be at least better than they were last year. So I'm going to go with the Texans at third place. The Tennessee Titans, I mean, look, they've been up and down. We'll see how it goes. But you still have Derrick Henry, you know what I'm saying? You still have Ryan Tannehill, whatever. Wherever, wherever he can give you, we'll see how Malik give you if Malik Willis can give you anything from the quarterback position. But yeah, I, I think I, I won't say they're they're officially out, but I'll say they're in second place. And at first place, obviously, it's the it's the, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, come on, Jack, come on. I mean, come on. The defense is solid. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Christian Kirk, uh, yeah, uh, Calvin Wrigley. I mean, come on. I mean. Can, can you really see the Jaguars miss the playoffs? I mean, the AFC South is weak as ever. I mean, come on. I just can't see. All right. I just, I, I just can't see the miss the playoffs. So, so it's easily, without question, it is the Jaguars. Well, it is just, it is easily the Jaguars. All right. Let's go with the NFC South. NFC South last, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> you want to say the Hawks. Third, the Carolina Panthers. Second, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And first, the New Orleans Saints. All right, for me, I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I understand they have, you know, they have Bryce Young. And they can't, you know, they could do something. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I got to see it to believe it to think that they can actually do something this season, this upcoming season. Although they had a chance last season. But I got to see it to believe it. So I have them at last place. For the Buccaneers, I have them at third place. I just don't think they have enough, honestly. And having Baker Mayfield, which we'll talk about later, is not enough. At second place, I got the Atlanta Falcons. I think they will have a better year uh, this season than they did last year. And in first place, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. 
Uh, as long as they're healthy, they should be fine. Derek Carr is the quarterback. He's he's solid. They still have a solid defense. Michael Thompson, he he is an elite wide receiver, especially when he is healthy. Um, who who else? You have Al- Alvin Kamara. I believe he, is he suspended? Is he still suspended? I believe so. I believe. Oh my God. I I hope. I they hope. did pick up Jamal Williams. So. Yeah, that's 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 true. That's true. I well well yeah yeah that that's true. I think he is. He listen. Either way, I just hope that Alvin Kamara, he can at least give you something, all right? You know, healthy or not. It, the, the only issue is about their health. That's it. That's it. If they can stay healthy, the Saints are fine. I, and I think the Saints will make it to the playoffs. I think they should, without question, make it to the playoffs. Their only competition is really the Falcons. But as you know, in the NFC South, this was, like, the toughest one because anybody could basically win this division. Because it's like... Cause, it's like Tom Brady's not there, and it's like, well, who could win it? You know what I'm saying? Could it be the Saints? Could it be the Falcons? Could it be the Buccaneers? Or could it be the Panthers? I mean, yeah, Panthers. Like, you don't know which one it's going to be, but I'm going to go with the Saints to win in the first place. All right, so let's go with our questions right over here for the AFC South. So this past season, we've had a lot of ups and downs about running backs and about their values, right? They had a quite of an offseason, and quite frankly – a lot of them got underpaid. We saw what happened. We saw what happened with Saquon Barkley, with the whole thing of him signing. He didn't even get a franchise tag, but he did sign a one-year, ten point one million dollar deal. And the crazy thing about it, he could be franchise tag next year. Delvin Cook, who got waived by the Minnesota Vikings, he signs a one-year, seven million dollar deal with the New York Giants. I mean, not the Giants, the Jets. And then you have Jonathan Taylor who wants out, but the Colts not going to do that. Well, they were they they were going to do it, but they couldn't because they didn't get the 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 offers weren't good according to the Colts. And right now he right now he has one year left in his deal, and he's making five point twelve million dollars. But like I said, he wants out. Oh yeah, let's not forget about Josh Jacob, who has a one year eleven point eight million dollar deal. What do you think about the the value or the market for running backs this past offseason? This offseason has showed me how undervalued running backs are and how low their value can really diminish over time. And we have seen this in the very beginning. When Le'Veon Bell decided to hold out for the entire season because he wasn't getting paid what he wanted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, he wasn't doing that just to do it. He made a true sacrifice, but he also showed a lesson that I feel like was going to roll over at this time. He did it because he wasn't getting paid for the money that he thought he earned. And the Pittsburgh Steelers claimed that he was fulfilling his contract duties, but he was exceeding expectations. They used him a lot. And when you see these running backs like Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, they are utilized way more than what these teams are trying to claim they are. A lot of these teams wouldn't be in the position that they were without these great running backs. So to see these running backs not get the money that they deserve, I mean, no no offense, but if the Giants are so quick to pay Daniel Jones that kind of money, why couldn't you give Saquon Barkley a cool two, three-year, $20 million? I mean, I would give that man that money especially when he came back from an injury and he had a great season and he helped the Giants get to that point. When you look at Josh Jacobs, like this percentage within last season, when you look at 
the amount of scrimmage yards. The top five is mostly running backs. You got Derrick Henry. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. These guys are out here breaking records and really, I think, trying to change the mold of a running back. Because we we haven't seen running backs being that prominent since the Barry Sanders. And we know, you know, the other. Eric Dickerson. Yeah, and Eric Dickerson, the other great old running backs. Walter Payton. Exactly. And there's a stereotype that running backs are not going to last that long. They retire too early. But, I mean, you're running them to the ground because you need them. So I just think, you know, running backs should get a little bit more credit than that. I just did not like the energy around the running backs trying to get what they deserve. Because if it was the quarterbacks and if it was the wide receivers, it would be a whole different conversation. And I think if you have running backs that really is the heart and soul of your team, you should give them that respect by paying them what they deserve. Come on now. It's very unfortunate for these running backs today, especially when some of these running backs are the reason why they even go far to the playoffs in the first place. I mean, a couple of years ago, Derrick Henry led the Titans to the C championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's getting underpaid. I mean, he was he was drafted in the second round, and you see what they're you see that he was underpaid. I mean, they made sure that they gave Ryan Tannehill more money than Derrick Henry. That's just crazy to me. And he's the best player on the team. That's crazy to me. Um, you you saw what happened. Now, Chris McCaffrey did get his money. I mean, he did he definitely got paid for sure. And you saw what happened to him with the 49ers. Obviously, they went to the NFC championship game again. And we could actually make a case that. Chris McCaffrey is arguably the their best player, if you want to be honest. He's the best player on the team, and you saw how far they got. Now, of course, we'll see if they can get far, further than that. But you look at Saquon Barkley, nobody believes that the Giants will be able to make it to the playoffs without Saquon Barkley. Let's be real. Barkley is their best player on that Giants team. Regardless of how good that, that defense is, and Daniel Jones, he's not a bad quarterback, but let's be real. If they don't have Barkley, they're not even a playoff contender. Let's be real about that. And so, and I understand the coach, you know, who was coach of the year last year, I believe, but uh, he's not that good. He's not that good without Saquon Barkley. I'm just being honest with you right now. Let's be real. So, and and and, and most part, when it comes to Jonathan Taylor too, I think what they're looking at is what happened to Ezekiel Elliott. They're looking at the fact that Zeke got paid. He 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 had the most money by any other running back in in contract NFL history, and they said, "You saw what happened to Zeke. You saw what happened a couple years. He didn't he didn't build that same protection that he did in his first two three years because his body broke down. So then so they're looking at that and saying that's the reason why we're not going to give give elite running backs their money. When especially when you look at that and you say, I could get a a a running back in the fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round, and I could be good. I just need you to be good. I don't need you to be great. But with those running backs who are just good and in our fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, seventh round, guess what they're going to do with those running backs? They're going to underpay them because of where they were drafted. Nowadays, you're not going to see a first or second round be drafted as a running back. That's that's why it's unfortunate for these running backs because they're getting underpaid. And I think that the players association, which is not the best, but you know, when when the contracts comes up when get once again and they want to do an agreement, they have to do something as far as talk about the value of these running backs because at this point they're not doing what they're doing. And like you said, you said about what happened to Le'Veon Bell. That's why what, what happened five years ago with Le'Veon Bell, although he was not the same player once he left Pittsburgh, he wanted to make sure that he got his money. Because if you're gonna use him like you use him and make sure that 
basically his body was broken down. He want to make sure he get get his, get his money. And so I don't I don't think he should regret not one bit, especially that he didn't make the playoffs when he actually set out the whole entire year. I don't blame him not one bit. He he did the right thing, even though he's not the same player that he once was once he left Pittsburgh. Like he went to New York, played for the Jets, he played for the Chiefs. You know, he just wasn't that same player. I still believe he made the right move because he was looking at from a long-term perspective instead of a short-term. I mean, do you want to be 26, 27, or 30 years old and you're having trouble walking? I mean, seriously, like you you can't even walk right. Oh, you having problems with your knees or your elbows because you were taking so many hits as a running back? Yeah, I don't think that was that, that would be a good idea. So, you know, hopefully we can see a situation where they can get their money, but yeah, for, for yeah, there's no reason why they should be undervalued, especially in today's time. You know, I understand the lead is different, but at the same time, like you, you just can't undervalue undervalue them like this. Like this is it's very unfortunate. So now let's move on to the NFC South for our question here. Baker Mayfield is on his fourth team right now. He was with the Cleveland Browns for a minute, then he got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Then hopped on to the L.A. Rams for a couple games. And now he's in Tampa Bay. He is their starting quarterback. Remember, this guy was the number one draft pick in 2018. In the 2018 draft. Is this Baker Mayfield's last shot to show that he could be a franchise quarterback on a winning football team? Yes. This is going to be a big deal for Baker Mayfield because he's going to be on a team that just had Tom Brady. And this is a good team. They have a good defense. You still have Mike Evans, who has had nine straight seasons with 1,000 yards, Chris Godwin, and as long as the team stay healthy and Baker Mayfield can play to the NFL level that we know that they can, I think that he can have a shot in getting more spots because the issue is he's not doing what he needs to do in these other spots. You did what you did in Cleveland. You, you, you had a playoff win. But when you went to Carolina, that didn't go well at all. And I thought they had a nice young core, wide receivers and weapons, and that still didn't go well. And then Rams, that was just really a shortstop. And now you're at Tampa Bay, and this is really serious because you're going to be playing with this team majority of the season, be the starting quarterback majority of the season. They're counting on you to make an impact. And Baker Mayfield, I'm not really sure how this is going to go because – like I said, he hasn't really done enough to where I can give him that much confidence that he can go out there and bang it out. I, I don't I don't see that. I think Tampa Bay will be different. Do I think they will be bad? No, but I think it's really hard to say that they'll have a, a very, you know, big winning season or win a lot of games this season. I'm not really sure, but this is Baker Mayfield's last shot to prove that he's worthy of really keeping his job. Because one thing about quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that we've seen that's rise up, they've been able to keep their jobs because they've done what they're supposed to do, and they met expectations. If you're not doing that, they're going to quickly kick you out the door that fast. Look, this is his last shot of being a starting quarterback, by the way. Let's just be real about this. Now, I, I know you said that, that this is a good team. Let, 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 let me be very clear. This team was 8-9 last season, am I correct? All right, let, let's be very clear. I, I don't I want you to go that far and say that they are a good team. Now, I would say that they were a Super Bowl champion at one point. I will agree with you on that one. And, yes, you still have Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. You still have a, you know, a solid, okay, defense. And you still have the, the same coach. 
Here's my thing about Baker Mayfield. He's only had one winning season. One winning season. And at that time, they were, I believe, 11 and 5. 11 and 5. Yeah, 11 and 5 back in 2020. Since then, since he's left Cleveland, he is 2 and 8 as a starting quarterback. 1 and 5 in, in, in Carolina and 1 and 3 in LA as a Ram. Now, Whatever he does in Tampa Bay, it's going to be gravy. Like, there's no expectations because no one's not expecting you to do anything. But coming, but starting this season on Sunday, he's going to have to show us something because if he blows this up, if they have a losing record, no, but if they don't make it to the playoffs, then everybody's going to look at that and say, you know what? Maybe he's just good enough to be a backup quarterback, not a starting quarterback, you know, because we all seen it before. I mean, look what happened to Cam Newton. Look what happened to Sam Darnold, who wasn't that good either. I mean, hey, it happens to the best. And now we're going to move on to the AFC and NFC West. So let's start right there. These are the last two divisions in each conference for the AFC and the NFC. So let's start with the West. Well, let's start with the AFC West, I should say. So what you got, L'Oreal, from last two first? Last place, the Las Vegas Raiders. Third place, the Denver Broncos. Second place, the Los Angeles Chargers. First place, the Kansas City Chiefs. Last place, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Third place, I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> second, yeah, I'm call, yeah, I'll call it right. Second place, I'm going with the Denver Broncos. And the in first place, I'm going with the obvious, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going with them. All right, all right. Uh, let's go with the NFC West as well. Who you got from last to first? Last place, the Los Angeles Rams. Third place, the Arizona Cardinals. Second place, the Seattle Seahawks. And first place, the San Francisco 49ers. I'm surprised you got the Rams at fourth place. I mean, I mean, you do realize that Kyle Murray ain't playing, right? I mean, Kyle, we don't know when Kyle Murray's going to play. I mean, I'm just saying. They they busy trying to get Kayla Williams, for Christ's sakes, from, from USC. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, I'm just saying. Okay, anyway. So, for me, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. Dead last. Third place, I'm going with the LA Rams. Second place, I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks, as you know it. And obviously, the first one. First place, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. So going back to the AFC West, obviously, we have a lot of issues that's going going on with the Chiefs that revolves around the you know Chris Jones situation and also what's going on with Trevor Kelsey. Like One of it is about the holdout, and others is about, you know, obviously you know, staying healthy when it comes to Travis Kelsey. He might, like I say, he might miss the opener. We don't know. So, so I do want to bring this up right here. Not, not about, about their situations, although we could bring that up. Actually, you know what? As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and switch it up right now. They're going through some issues with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, or we assume it's with Travis Kelsey as well. But let's just say hypothetically, right? That the Chiefs play maybe the first few, few, Few weeks, or let's let's say the first two months, without Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, can the Kansas City Chiefs at least be in first place in their division without those two? Yes, because I think Patrick Mahomes, the challenge will be on him, which I think he will succeed on just working outside of that. Um, I think when you still have good young running backs like Isaiah Pacheco. Um, Clyde Edwards Lair still have Juju, Jurek McKinnon. It'll be very no, Juju's different. Is with, no, oh. Juju is with the Patriots. Okay. Jurek McKinnon's still there. It's going to be very different because Travis Kelsey 
is a huge part of their offense, but I think that Andy Reid won't have an issue trying to figure out a way for Patrick Mahomes to go around that. And I don't think that one month or even two months, I think, will affect the Chiefs. I think at the end of the day, they will push through with the full team and they'll still be able to be I'll beat the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos when it comes to the standings. And we look at the first, let's just say hypothetically, if it was about a month, they're going against the Lions at Jacksonville, going against the Bears at home, going against the Jets on the road, going against the Vikings at Vikings, going against Denver at home. When we look at those games, to me, I think they could win most of those games, especially and hopefully Travis Kelsey can play. But even now, I still think they could find a way to beat the Lions. I think they could find a way to beat the Jaguars. Of course, the Bears, the Jets, the Vikings. Most of these, like, their schedule doesn't look that tough unless you look later in the season, like going against the Chargers um, mid-October. Then the Broncos again, and then they're going against the Eagles very soon. So you're definitely going to need Travis Kelsey by then. But if they can go through the first month without them, or Chris Jones, I don't think it's going to affect the um the Kansas City Chiefs anyway. So so here's what here's what thing. Do you believe that they need them if they want to win a championship? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I I would say you need a Travis Kelsey more than the Chris Jones. Honestly, really? yes. You, you think they can survive without Chris Jones defensively? Yes, because I think that the offense is so special with a Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, like. I feel like the Chiefs, when you have those two and what the offense look like, and if their defense is like the top 15 at the most, I think they can still survive and be a championship team. Chris Jones has a lot of value. I'll say that right now. He has a lot of value. Now, I ain't going to go that far. I mean, listen, you know how I feel about Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the world. You know how I feel about that man, Patrick Mahomes. That man, Pac-Man. Okay, boat. The best ever. But here's what I would say about, but here's, here's what I would say. Obviously, if we talk about the first month or first two months, I would not doubt um, the Kansas City Chiefs as far as winning the division because anytime you have Patrick Mahomes, the best in the game right now, you cannot question or feel like, oh, like, can they? No, they, they can still, they can still be in first place in their division, in the AFC West. I would say this, if, if the Chiefs do not have Chris Jones and let's say Travis Kelsey, which I believe that Travis Kelsey will eventually come back. Now for the rest of the season, you're you are right. There would be some bump and rows, bump bump rows in that right there. And I do believe that look, Chris Jones was we'll talk about we'll talk about what happened to the other side, but I do believe there's somebody named Nick Bosa who got paid in full a couple hours ago. And I'm sure Chris Jones is thinking, um, this guy, this man got his money right. If I'm Chris Jones, where's my money? Yeah, exactly. If I'm Chris Jones, I should be asking, "Where's my money?" Okay, I, okay. I, I, I mean, this man got paid in full in San Francisco in the Bay. I'm trying to make sure that that them folks, them folks in Kansas City, get my money too. Give me my money. Can they go far to the playoffs? Absolutely, they can. Can they win a division? Absolutely. But it's I feel like that it's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises if they do not have Travis Kelsey. And Chris Jones. Like I said, anytime you have the best in the world, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be just fine to at least get to the playoffs. But when it comes to a situation where where um where you don't have Travis Kelsey 
and Chris Jones, and you don't know when they're going to come back, that can be an issue. But I believe that Travis Kelsey will come back and they'll be just fine. Chris Jones, we'll see. Because like I said, he can he can hold out until week eight if he wants to. As a matter of fact, it could be an issue if he chooses to sit out. But you already know, the Kansas City Chiefs need to do what they got to do. Pay that man. Get that man his money. Get paid, man. Get your money, Chris Jones. Get your money. And for the NFC West, the 49ers chose, basically brought Purdy over Trey Lance. That's basically what they did. A man who was drafted uh, number three in the 2021 NFL draft, and now he's a cowboy, compared to a guy in Brock Purdy who was drafted last, last year. Mr. Irrelevant. So now that he's the starting quarterback, um, he listen, we all know who, who this man has. Debo, Brandon, George Kittle. You have Chris McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, who got his money. Five-year, $170 million extension. Kyle Shanahan, the coach, and many others. But we got to talk about Brock Purdy, who only played five games in the regular season and two, two, three games in the playoffs last season. Can Brock Purdy lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl championship? I think he can. I think that he has Kyle Shanahan, and I think as long as he has him, he's in good hands. And what we've seen from what happened with San Francisco when they went to the AFC Championship game up to the point when he was really starting for the 49ers, Brock Purdy has done a good job. Every game wasn't the same. Every game he wasn't elite. But I think in that run, we haven't really seen a terrible game from him. We've seen him giving a lot of effort. And I think for the 49ers, the way they're constructed where you have, you already have a lot of utility guys as it is with Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk. The defense is still great. Nick Bosa got his money, so now you're secure with the defense now. I think the 49ers, there's no choice for them but to go more up and try to go into Super Bowl and win one. And I think if you had Brock Purdy, he can do, he can do that for you. I trust him. I think that the fact that we still have them first in the division with him tells you something. Because obviously we could say, you know, oh, yes, because of Debo and Christian McCaffrey, all of that. But you still need a quarterback to take the reins somehow. And we trust that Brock Purdy can do that. And he has done a good job. And, of course, if the San Francisco 49ers wasn't so injured badly against the um, the Eagles in the NFC Championship game, it they could have had a shot. It could have been a way better game. And I think that this season, besides the Eagles, San Francisco is going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And I think that Brock Purdy, this is the season for him to improve, and I think we will see his improvements. And I'm wishing the best for him, especially coming off of an injury. You know, my name about Brock Purdy, I think that he can improve this year from last year. But can he? I mean, sure, it's, it's possible that he can. It's possible. Yeah, sure, he, he can. But I think that from last season, like I said, he only played five games, really, you know, eight games to be exact. The last game he got hurt, and that was in the NFC Championship game. There, he was flying under the radar. No one didn't know who Brock Purdy was. So now we're looking at Brock Purdy like, okay, how good is he? Like, is he this? Is he that? And besides, as you know, when you have a very good team surrounded by you, then then you know, okay, all right, you don't have enough, a lot of pressure on you. But now this upcoming season, there is going to be pressure on him. There will be pressure because they're going to expect him to take that next leap, especially when you decided to trade away 
Trey Lance. So if you decided to trade trade away trade away Trey Lance, then you have to figure out from this standpoint: Is Brock Purdy that guy? Because what did I say? Um, who, who was this other team? The LA Rams a few years ago. I said when Matthew Stafford came, I said he has to do something that Jared Goff didn't do, and that was to win a championship. Because if this is about making the playoffs, then there was no point of the Rams acquiring Matthew Stafford because Jared Goff already did that. Win a playoff game, Jared Goff already did that. Uh, get into the Super Bowl, well, Jared Goff did that. It's about winning a championship, and he finally did that. He finally fulfilled that for the Rams, and obviously that helped out Matthew Stafford and all that other stuff. And we all know what has happened since since he won that title. We 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 don't know. We do know that L'Oreal. But with the 49ers, it's the same thing. Jimmy G has took the 49ers to, to the to the Super Bowl. Regardless how you guys feel about him, he has four playoff wins as a starting quarterback. When he does play, they are a winning football team. All right. They were in the Super Bowl back in the 2019 NFL season. Uh last year or so, they were in the NFC Championship game. And last season, now I, I, I well, he well, he got hurt, so he wasn't really there, but but when he was playing after Trey Lance got hurt, they were rolling, and I'm sure the 49ers were happy that he was the starting quarterback. If Brock Purdy is going to make sure that he fulfills what the 49ers want, it has to be the Super Bowl. It has to win a championship. He has to do something that Jimmy G has not done yet, and that is to lead, at least take them to the Super Bowl and win. It's not, it's not about leading at this point. It's about, well, well part of it is about leading because he has to show his leadership. But part of it is about that. Can he do something that Jimmy G has not done? And that is to take them to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl championship. That is the question right there. So can he? We'll see. Because for the 49ers, Brock Purdy in his first, second, third year, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's a young player or a veteran quarterback. It is Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers. And Kyle Shanahan, we know what his record is without Jimmy G. Um, be on the lookout because... He's on the he's on the clock too because you know a lot of people want to talk about these 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 coaches who are geniuses and everything, but uh Kyle Shanahan, bro, you you on the clock for sure. Moving on to college football real quick. I do want to bring up something that did happen this past weekend. So for the University of Colorado, um, the Buffaloes, I believe they're called, coached by Deion Sanders, who used to coach for the Jackson State. Yeah, Jackson State University, Jackson State Tigers. Um, his team, Colorado, they went against TCU, who were who was in the national championship game last season. They beat TCU 45 to 42 after being a 21-point underdog. His son, Shader Sanders, threw 30, 38 for 47. He had a school record of 510 passing yards, by the way, four touchdowns. But uh, but let's also not forget about Travis Hunter as well. Travis Hunter had had eleven receptions. He had hundred and nineteen receiving yards and had one interception. He played on both ends of the field. That was that was crazy right there for uh, Travis Hunter. But like I said, they beat TCU forty five to forty two. They're one and zero starting the season, and I know there's a lot of people going crazy for that. Um, L'Oreal, what are your expectations for Colorado this season? I think that they can be a good team, and I think that they have a chance to rise above in the Pac-12. Um, I wasn't surprised they beat TCU. I was surprised about the score because it definitely was a shootout, especially throughout the game, just scoring back and forth, back and forth. But That defense was terrible. Yeah, and the defenses were terrible. And 
I could have got Colorado, a first. I, I could have got a first down. Their defense is not against the hook. Their 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 defense is not off the hook. We definitely they they need to up the ante on the defense. Absolutely. But what I seen from Colorado, I wasn't really surprised because if people didn't get it before the HBCU, they definitely ain't gonna get it now. You know, Sanders he can play football. The he got an arm. He know how to play. Travis Hunter. This guy was the number one high school football player in the country. When you get to that status, especially as a defensive player, you're only going up from there. And I love the fact of him being a corner and a wide receiver. There's going to be so much potential. Um, Dylan Edwards, he had three touchdowns in that game. He was running like crazy. And when you look at the schedule, they're going to go against Nebraska, Colorado State, Oregon, USC, Arizona State, Stanford. UCLA. I think looking at some of these games, I think the definite losses or most likely losses is probably going to be against Oregon, USC. I think definitely uh, we can make a case for UCLA. But some of the other teams that they're going against, I think they can legitimately beat them. And I think this time around, and of course it's going to be hype because of Deion Sanders and things like that. But one thing about Deion, San- Deion, San- Deion Sanders, he has never changed his temperament and his attitude towards his players. He always roots for every yeah, single player. Every single player he roots for, like, that's his own son. So when you think about that, Colorado has the potential to go far. And what we've seen against TCU, I think, is a great impression for them towards the rest of the season because you can see how they play. And their level and their level of you know competitiveness, and I think that that can be a great advantage for them for the season if they can keep it up. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't think this through. I have no expectations for Colorado because I don't think they're gonna go to playoffs. So it's like <laughs> now I understand they're 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 ranked number 22 right now, which I was kind of surprised. Like 22, I was like they they they're getting ranked already. I was like, Gee, what what the heck? Anyway, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just. I'm sorry. I, I have no expectations for Colorado. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I like I said, they have no expectations for me because I to me it's like, can you make it to the playoffs? If you can't make it to the playoffs, then there's no expectations for me when it comes to you and your and your school. So for me, I mean, is this is basically like a first year trial. You know, we'll see how what they do this upcoming season. I know that you know we we got the chance to interview one of the high school players who plays for West Bloomfield. Brian Davis Swain, who will be going to Colorado next next fall, but you know what's I, I like I said I'm not here to to poohoo you know the 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 first first game, and that defense was terrible as ever. We'll see how we'll see how you know Colorado goes against Nebraska and then go against the other teams like you know I believe they go against you know UCF you know USC at one point and they'll go against Oregon or Oregon I should say not Oregon Oregon. But like I said, I, I just don't have a lot of high expectations, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see if they can have a winning record. But I do know one thing. Um, that that quote, do you believe? Oh, <laughs> trust me. What well, you lawyer, you do know. Well, once they once they lose a the game, somebody gonna say, Do you believe? Do you believe? <laughs> do mean, you believe uh, now? <laughs> do, you, do you believe now? <laughs> it's like, do you don't believe? <laughs> That was uh, that was something right there. All right, all right. Then we'll we'll see what happens the rest of the season in college football. By the way, all right. So for our last topic, we're gonna go ahead and do our NFL season preview. 
division winners. Well, we already kind of did that, but playoff teams, awards, and Super Bowl picks. So let's start with the awards real quick. We're, we're going to try to, you know, do it as quick as possible. Starting with Rookie of the Year. Who do you got? Bryce Young from the Carolina Panthers. Wow. You know, I was really going back and forth as far as who I thought, who I think was going to be Rookie of the Year. I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson from the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go with him being Rookie of the Year. I'm the, now, this is a lot. Like, listen. I'm just guessing at this point, you know, because I don't think I ever got any of these. Uh, have I ever got any of these predictions right? When we do these award stuff, have we ever got this right? I think we got probably a few right, but man, yeah, like, maybe a few. Yeah, I'll be every single time, man. All right, let's 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 go back. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson from the Houston Texans. Me too. I'm going with Will Anderson from the Houston Texans. I think that he's definitely going to make a huge impact in Houston. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm gonna go with Jameer Gibbs from the Detroit Lions. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I'm going with Brian Robinson, running back from the Atlanta Falcons. So there you have it right there. All right. Coach of the Year. Robert Salah from the New York Jets. What? Really? Yes. You you must have had you must really have some high expectations for the Jets then if you believe that they're gonna do something on here. All right, me, I'm going to go with my man. No, well, he's not really my man, but, you know, I'm going to go with <laughs> Sean, Sean Payne. Sean, I think that he's going to he's gonna turn that franchise around. The Broncos, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2016. Well, the 2015, but you get, you get what I'm saying. It's been a while. It's been since they won a championship with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. I think that Sean Payne, who, you know, when he was in New Orleans, they were a winning football team. I know there were times they missed the playoffs, but I do believe that they will make it to the playoffs this upcoming season you you heard it right there all right comeback player of the year i'm going with deshaun watson from the cleveland browns wow that's not bad that's that's that that could be a good answer my comeback player of the year is russell wilson every listen what he went through last season he can't it can't get any worse okay and there's a lot of people who thought he was trash that he was bad but i believe he will improve that he will be better and y'all gonna realize that he is still a decent quarterback. And also, he's a Hall of Famer, by the way. I'm just saying, just letting y'all know. But I do believe that he's gonna show you why he is still a decent quarterback and he can play football. All right, next up, let's go right here. Defensive Player of the Year. Well, with Sauce Gardner from the New York Jets. Hmm, interesting. For me, I'm going with Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Back to back? Yes. Okay. This one right here, I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yep, I'm going with him right now. I think that what he did when he was with the 49ers last season, those those games, he improved that team. And now I think that Chris McCaffrey, for a full season with the 49ers, he's going to take them to another level. So I'm definitely going with Chris McCaffrey, especially when he could be a running back and like a slot receiver as well. I think he could take them to new levels. So I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. All right, MVP, who you got, L'Oreal? Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. I think that this is going to be a redemption year for him. It's nice to see him getting receivers like OBJ, Ravens drafting Zay Flowers. I think they have an elite defense. And I think that this is his year to shine, and I think that he will. And 
as long as his injury is right, you know, he doesn't have any more information because that was the problem yeah. when he decided to sit out. Mm -hmm. I hope that that's gotten better. And I see him really seeing expectations close to his 2019 MVP season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at that. But the MVP for this season, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. The best of the world, the best ever, the the best of all time. Batman Patrick Mahomes. You you heard it right here from the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that there will be that he will play better than what he did last season. I believe so. Or at least as good as he was last season. Um, I just don't see anybody taking that MVP trophy away from Patrick Mahomes. Because I just think that he's just on that he just head and shoulders right now. He's number one and it's not even close as far as I mean, people can debate who's number two, but people cannot debate who is number one. And that is that man, Patrick Mahomes. All right, so let's go with our playoff teams real quick. So let's go with the AFC and the NFC. I mean, we already talked about our, you know, our divisions, but let's go ahead and speak about who do you have going to playoffs in the AFC first? Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, the New York Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Okay. All right. So for me, I'm obviously, I got the Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. For my AFC wild cards, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Denver Broncos. This one right here, this was, it was kind of tough because I'm looking at teams like Miami. I'm looking at teams like maybe the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You never know. And I know people are going to look at the New York Jets, but like I said, I'm just not big on the Jets per se. I'm just, I'm just not... And obviously, we could bring up the LA Chargers, but I just think that this is the Broncos' year to really prove people wrong, that they could at least be a playoff contender. All right, so for the NFC, who you got? NFC. I have the Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, then the Dallas Cowboys, the Detroit Lions, and the Seattle Seahawks. For me, I have the Philadelphia Eagles, Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints, and the San Francisco 49ers obviously win the divisions. For my NFC wild cards, I have the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, and the New York Giants. So let's go ahead and do this right now with our, our AFC championship game and our NFC championship game. Who you have in the AFC and the NFC? AFC championship game, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills versus the Baltimore Ravens. Excuse me? <laughs> Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. We'll go, okay. <laughs> NFC? Yeah. NFC, Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. All right. So for me, for my AFC championship game, and, and, and no, it would not be the Denver Broncos if you want to ask me. All right. <laughs> I know what happened last year, right? <laughs> I know what happened last year. I was wrong on that, but but that's here not there say. Okay. For my AFC Championship game, I have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Buffalo Ravens. Wait, did I say Buffalo Ravens? I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. I'm mean, sorry, Buffalo, what the heck? I mean, Baltimore Ravens, not really. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. For, the, for my NFC Championship game, I have the Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. Who do you have going to the Super Bowl and who you have winning it? I have the Baltimore Ravens versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And I have the Philadelphia Eagles becoming the next Super Bowl champs. I have the Baltimore Ravens 
going to the Super Bowl. And I have the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Super Bowl as well. Ravens versus Eagles in Super Bowl 58. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe that this is Jalen Hurts' year. I don't believe there's anyone in the NFC that will be in their way. And I believe that this is their year to take what was theirs last year when there was not a lot of expectations. This year, there will be expectations. And Jalen Hurts and everyone else who was part of his team will finally hold Lombardi Trophy. Get at me. So there you have it right there for our NFL 2003 NFL season preview, and we'll see what happens. All right, folks, that's it for the Bounce Podcast, episode 93, season three. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Supercast, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on YouTube, folks. Like, comment, subscribe. You know what the deal is. Share to your family members, to your friends, and see us once again. And we out. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Bounce Podcast, episode 96, season three. My name is Jabari Anderson with my co-host, L'Oreal. Peace! Peace.